From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, practice observations, toting the rock in the rain, and uh, if you think we've been cynical or pessimistic, wait till you get a wait till you get wind of this one question in the Renegade Express mailbag. Wake up, board chance presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com is the website. Twenty four seventy five Appalachian Parkway, the physical address. Hope you enjoyed trivia last night. Hope you enjoyed the soft shell, hard shell beef or chicken tacos all day. Today's lunch special: five piece chicken wings and French fries. They don't miss on the wings at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. So don't you miss out on that. Only $8.99 over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Warchant.com, your ultimate symbol sports source. Thumbs up, please. Five-star rating review as well. You can do it afterwards if you, if you feel that we need to earn it. We'll do what we can. We'll, we'll try to earn it. It's what we do. Myself and Corey Clark. Corey Clark, how are you, friend? I'm good, buddy. Hey, you know what? Thanks for asking. Hey, man. I just, uh, just want to make sure you're doing well. It's crazy yeah. times out there. Uh, just got to look out for each other out there. It's a crazy world. Hmm. Crazy world. Um, I guess let's just dive right into it. I don't have a lot more, uh, you know, preamble to go through, so let's get to it then. Practice on Tuesday featured what Mike Norvell called an exceptional day out of Johnny Wilson. To me, exceptional would have to be like catching passes that are contested, but I guess getting wide open is also pretty exceptional, so I, I thought maybe there was more of that. But uh, do you think that was more of like message-sending, soothsaying to our uh, perhaps – disgruntled wide receiver or was that did, did you see the same stuff that the head coach saw well I don't think he's disgruntled uh, that that implies that he's unhappy I, I don't think John maligned maligned is okay the word. yeah, yeah right. that's the All word right. um no that's kind of what I wrote is that I thought he had a really good day uh yes it wasn't like he's jumping up over people but he was getting open and he caught everything literally didn't drop a ball out of the I don't know man 12 he caught most of them in team drills uh he was 12 for 12 uh, maybe one was an overthrow, so 12 for 13, but he caught everything. Mm-hmm. And again, people, we talked about this on headlines, people might roll their eyes because it's practice. Well, Aslan, you watched him last week in practice. He dropped passes. Correct. That was not, and then it carried over to the game. Hmm. So, you know, we'll see what happens on Saturday, but I think it's a great sign that after the worst, his worst day here as a Florida State Seminole on Saturday night, that was by far his worst game. He comes back on the next practice uh, and catches everything. Um, again, we'll see what if how it manifests itself in a game. But it's better than, you know, him dropping everything. Then you're like, oh, good grief! He has the yips. You almost can't play him. He caught everything. He made a great catch in one on ones where he ran by Shaheen Brown. The ball was just a little bit out of reach. He extended as fully as he could. Caught it about a foot off the ground over his shoulder. Uh, like it was a lot like the Texas catch. Remember the Texas catch against Alabama to kind of wrap up that game in the oh, end zone yeah. Oh, yeah. where the kid, the guy caught it like Willie Mays almost mm. over his shoulders. It was like that, except it was a foot off the ground and he caught it and then rolled, um, held onto the ball. I just thought, you know, we'll see. He's got to stack games on top of each other, but uh, that was a really good sign. I know it's practice. It's not a game. Was that against but, scout uh, people or something? I don't even remember seeing that. No, it was one-on-one. It was All a right. one-on-one catch. Um, he had a couple of them, 
where he got he got open deep and, and caught both of them. And uh, and so, you know, I, that's something. It's something to build on. Hopefully he can have another good practice today and then just carry that over into the game. Because unlike some people, I do think it matters what he does in practice because I thought last week mattered. Like oh, he, are you pushing back on me? You're saying that I don't care what happens in practice? No, no, no. I'm saying like some people don't think that practice matters. Mm. It's only what you do in the game. No, no, that's not even what I meant. I'm sorry. Some people might have a bad practice, and it doesn't matter because you know they're awesome anyway. Mm. If Jordan Travis had a bad practice, or if Renardo Green gave up four or five catches, uh, you know in the game he's going to lock in. He's proven it. I think Johnny is one of those guys. How he practices is how he plays. And I was worried, and I'm still worried. I mean, you know, I'm not biting my nails off, but I'm – when he dropped the very first pass after the LSU game in that Tuesday practice, when he's running free, wide open, I think it was an 11 on 11. It might have been 7 on 7, but he's wide open, his run past the corner, and he just drops the ball that's tucked right in there. I'm like, oh, man, this might be a thing. Hmm. And then he dropped a couple more balls that week and then had the game he had on Saturday. So at that point, you're like, man, is he is he in his head? He's, is he spiraling? And then, you know, again, the game is what matters. I get it. But it's good to see that on Tuesday he caught everything. Number one, it was good to see that he was out there. And then also that he was he looked like he was at full speed and he caught everything. So that was uh, that's all. It, it doesn't mean he's he's back, quote unquote. It it's doesn't cured. mean he's the best receiver in the country. Yeah. It means that he had one good day and that maybe Saturday night really was the anomaly. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with anything that you've said there. I, I just I, I think though that I just kind of think he is who he is, but maybe to your point, if, if he practices well, we'll know that that means Saturday will most likely be a good performance out of him. I just think we're going to continue to have to take the good and bad with him. And yeah, that was just what was weird about Saturday. There was there no, there was no good. Usually there's – like he had four chances to make catches. Five, I guess. He caught the one, but he was pass interfered with because he was out of bounds. So he had five balls thrown to him, four that counted, I guess, and he didn't catch a single one of them. I think normally he's three for four on those plays. Right, right. He was 0 for four. So that's what I was. That's the only concern I had is it was such a bad game that you just wanted to see how he responded, especially again with the dude on the other side becoming a highlight factory. You just wonder how Johnny would bounce back. And Johnny on Tuesday was uh, the best receiver on the team, just Tuesday, but he was the best receiver on the team. He made the most plays. That was good to see. That's all. And if Johnny is back to being Johnny, or can be even a little bit better than the Johnny we've known. That is unfair. Mm. Uh, anecdote from Aslan from practice. Uh, there was a moment there. I think it was seven on seven. Might have been one on one. But it was a uh, deep shot to Keon Coleman that, you know, Keon tried to adjust on and catch it over the shoulder, and he wasn't able to. And Conrad Hussey was in coverage. I don't think he was quite in phase, but he was he was in the same zip code as him. And he brought him down to the ground, which I thought you were going to run out across the field and be like, don't fall down. Um, oh, I was? Yeah. Yeah, but even yeah. Norvell's jaw clenched, and he's like, stop going to the ground. Uh, but, like, Keon popped up, and he's like, dude, Keon was so upset. It, it was almost as though Keon had had dropped the ball on a fourth and goal play in the playoff. Like, yeah. to, to see the amount of give-a-damn out of him on a Tuesday practice going into a game where they're severely going to overmatch and likely overwhelm their opponent, to see that kind of, like, desire, again, out of a guy who's only been here for however many months now, uh, you know, I, I know no one needs proof of buy-in, but for me to see him, a guy that clearly has shown that he is supremely talented, has a bright, bright future ahead of him, and, and you know, maybe it's reasons like that 
things like that that make him who he is. But just to see him that upset at himself over a play that was really tough. That would have been an extremely difficult catch. I don't even know if he would have been able to come down with it. And there was pretty decent coverage on to see like the the amount of dejection in him. I mean, because he was talking to himself the whole time he was running back to the line of scrimmage. He was like, all right, man, like this is these are the kind of things you, you need to see probably from a team that, that really wants to compete and go after it. Part of the climb, I guess you could say, Corey. Yeah, that. but him in particular, uh, he, he is different. Uh, he is built differently. Uh, he has a different kind of mindset. They've called him a professional for four months now that he carries himself like a pro. And that's that's another indicator of that, right? Like, yeah, yeah what he's done already this season, what he did later, that, that whole practice. I mean, it's not like he had a bad practice. He was very good. He's always very good. But he holds himself to such a standard. It reminds me of... Uh, you know, a guy, a really good baseball player that already has three hits, including a home run, and on his fourth at bat, he he pops up on a ball that he should pulverize. Hmm. And some of the great ones, not all of them, but some of the great ones are apoplectic when they do that. They, they, they're so mad at themselves, even though they already have three hits. And they could be like, hey, it's still been a great game. It's like, no, that was an opportunity to have a fourth hit. You blew your chance, get better. That kind of that kind of mindset that the great ones have, Coleman's got all of that. He's got all of that. He just expects to make every play, and he's upset when he doesn't. Genuinely upset, even in practice, because his thought is, and I remember the play you're talking about, because I remember beforehand, it was a, it was a one-on-one, okay. and I remember that matchup going, well, this is an automatic mismatch. Mm-hmm. This is a touchdown. This needs to be a touchdown. Conrad Hussey, a safety, and a true freshman, going against Keon Coleman, that's candy. That's candy and a baby. We all know the saying. But they didn't complete it. I thought Hussey had pretty good coverage, yeah. but Coleman was about a yard and a half by him. I actually wrote about that play, and it was just out of reach. And, yeah, he was fired up because he thought he could have made the play, and he thought it was a missed opportunity. And that's how you become great is you don't just settle for being good. Good is the enemy of great, right? Isn't that the saying or – Average is the enemy of good. I can't remember how it goes. Good is the enemy of great, I think. Is yeah, what, you know. and that's that's exactly what Keon – that's why Keon Coleman is special. Um, it's also why I think you're going to see the effects of Keon Coleman on this football team for the for years to come, even though I know he won't be here next year, hmm. um, unless Battles End really comes correct. <laughs> um, Keon Coleman is gone. But imagine how – just think about how um, – you, you can't buy – an example, I mean, I, there, actually, technically you could because Florida State did. That ex- but a great example for Bandravius Jacobs, Destin Hill, and Hakeem Williams. Mm. What better example of how you're supposed to carry yourself and what a pro receiver looks like, how he thinks, than watching Keon Coleman every day, watching how he goes about his business. Man, I just can't. He, he is going to uh, – his, his imprint is going to be on that wide receiver room for at least the next two years after he's gone. Because these guys, just by osmosis, but also they see that he's going to be where they want to be. And they see the work he puts in and how he, what kind of standard he holds himself to. And you, if, if they have any kind of pride at all, which they all do, they're going to want to be that guy. They're going to want to emulate him. And I just, I always bring this example up, so I'm going to make it quick. Tony Douglas, 2009, on that Florida State basketball team. What he meant, his, his presence... Uh, reverberated for the next three years because there were six freshmen on that team that all learned how to be college basketball players by watching Tony Douglas bust his ass every day. Mm. Every day in the way he went to work, and I think that's going to happen with this wide receiver room too. All right, how about the play, uh, which they do to end 
seemingly what they work on outside before going to the IPF for the rest of the day. I think the ball's on the four-yard line. Coverage held up. I think the defense might have the upper hand so far. I was supposed to tabulate these throughout the year. I was going to keep a running tally. Oh, it's like a fourth and goal from the four? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. How about that coverage, man? I wonder. I just wonder if any other team out there, man, has that kind of good on good, man. You know, I was trying to peek ahead a little bit to Georgia. Clearly their defense returns. I guess they have like four seniors on their starting front four, or at least like on, on the front half of the defense. Um, so they've, you know, they've got dudes. And the weird thing too about Georgia not having a lot of sacks, like they they're returning sack leaders back. He only had four and a half sacks last year. Yeah, they don't do that. But you know, they have they have a, a salty defense, obviously. But I, I don't know if you know the offense without Lad McConkey right now, and uh, you know some of the other guys are missing. I think that Dejon Edwards running back is out. But they've, you know, seemingly they have good running backs. Maybe not Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb special there. Like I, I wonder who else can really simulate that. So I, I like I love that play at the end because it really just it's all on the line right there and, and the defense held tight. So Yeah, uh, and they did good on good a lot on Tuesday, I thought. I think he said today's practice is more like situational and install. I mean they were doing some install, but they also did a lot of good on good, like one on ones. I thought the receivers did well. Um, for the most part, especially considering what happened on Saturday. I thought that was a good bounce back for all of them, not just Johnny. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I don't know how much other teams do that kind of good on good. Um, and it's not just one-on-ones. They, well, they do 11 on 11. They do. I'm sure like they go obviously ones on ones core, but I just mean like how talented the ones are on defense versus how talented this offense is like Georgia's got an extremely great defense. I don't know yes. if their offense is nearly as, as potent as Florida state. So it's the fact that they get to go head to head every single day in practice. I just don't know who else has that luxury, that value that Florida state has right now. Seemingly seemingly. You're talking about the defense getting a look like that. Yeah. And the offense getting a look like offense. they're getting. Yeah. Too. yeah. Yeah. It's no man. That's and again, even when you play your backups, like Conrad Hussey's a player, man. And he's he's chomping at the bit to be a player in this on this team this year. Same with Blake Nicholson. Like these freshmen, um, Hakeem Williams, Jacobs, they're coming at a rate where like they they're 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 trying to get on the field. Destin Hill, they're getting on the field and they want to be big parts of this offense and this defense. And that's cool to see because even when you give like a, a different look where you take your starters out in the secondary, those backups. Give those receivers uh, – they they got enough dudes that it's always a good competition and it's a healthy competition. And, uh, again, it just – I won't even say it, but considering what we watched two years ago where Parchment was the guy, Par mm. Andrew Parchment was the guy that the DBs had to worry about in one-on-ones. He was the most talented guy they had on the team uh, from a wide receiver standpoint. Uh, and then look at where they are now, man. It's just – it's it's unbelievable. But, yeah, it's great looks – in that kind of practice every day, you know, it's just nothing in the game is going to scare you. Nope. Nothing in the game is going to scare you. And you just were talking about Georgia, and people know I went to Georgia. I haven't gotten to watch any of their games this year. The two that they played, they were both lappers anyway. We're going like, to we're gonna dial in on the on the South Carolina game this weekend, though, right? I'm sure, going to. man. Absolutely. But I, can, I, I have no qualms in saying that Florida State has a better running back room a better wide receiver room, a better tight end room, all across the board now. Georgia's got the best one. But the the room, when Mark Easton Douglas is your third string tight end. I don't know. I love these guys. I, I might trade all of them for Brock Bowers. Well, you, oh, no, absolutely. But I'm just talking about the depth of right, the, the right, talent. Right. It's just incredible. It's remarkable. And you got the better quarterback. Yes. 
You know, I know Georgia would be favored if they were playing this weekend on a neutral field. I know it because of the last uh, two years, three years, five years. But Florida State can play with anyone, man. This offense is uh, a serious, serious, serious problem for anybody that lines up against it. Uh, we'll dip here into our Renegade Express questions. Lots of questions about uh, the elements that we'll get to. Our guy, Jernal, uh 1518, says, it seems pretty decent chance Hurricane Lee could make for some less than ideal conditions. What, if anything, have you seen Norvell's practices simulate in terms of these elements, temperature, rain, crowd noise, et cetera? You asked him about, I think, the weather. There's there's always crowd noise. When they, when they play a road, when they're going to go on the road, they'll pipe in mostly uh, – Mostly crowd noise, but yesterday there was mostly music. And then when they're at home, most of the practice will have music playing very loud to simulate, you know, the the, the elements, if you will. But usually when they're all going on the road, they'll, they'll pipe in a lot of crowd noise. Maybe they'll do that on Wednesday. But I couldn't hear his response to when you asked him about, you know, getting prepared, you know, playing with a, a wet ball, things like that. What was his, his response? He said they did some of it. I asked him more about the wind. No, like, what no. can you do to prepare for the wind? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, not really anything. I mean, I guess you, they could – they could build a wind tunnel in their football facility for, for the off chance that they're going to be playing in strong winds. But he said they did do some wet ball stuff. I didn't see it, so I don't know what he's referencing. Yeah. But he said they did work with a wet ball a little bit in practice on Tuesday. And that's what you do, man. You just had to have a few wet ball drills to make sure the quarterbacks can throw it um, and the receivers and running backs can catch it and hold on to it. So that's all you really can do, right? Yeah. I don't know what else you can. I don't know how else you simulate leaf uh, blowers. Bad weather. Maybe just leaf blowers like behind, you know, uh, Jordan just blowing in his face. I mean, you can't affect That's the ball. That's not a bad play. I mean, like like 20 leaf blowers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah make it really strong. That's yeah. a good point, Aslan. Or one of those industrial fans. Yeah. What about one of those things? You know how you can do like fake skydiving? Oh. One of those yeah, type of fans yeah, yeah, that yeah, hold yeah. you up a law for. Thirty seconds or whatever, right. get one of those and blow them in the quarterback's face. Yeah, I then the then they're just gonna be dodging footballs all day because they're gonna come back to them like a boomerang. Yeah. But still, you got to prepare for the wind. I guess there's a chance it's gonna be windy, hopefully not rainy. Um, and as far I'm sure we'll get asked some of these questions. There, there's been no, um, obviously not, nothing, no decisions have been made. They're monitoring the the hurricane. But, you know, as of now, the game is on for noon on Saturday. Could they move it up? Could they move it back? Could they cancel it? I guess all those are in play. But for right now, it's still Saturday at noon. Our guy Seminole Mike One, very optimistic young man, which you should be. You all should be. We are as well. Some reason, people on the YouTube comments thought that, like, we shouldn't be complaining about anything, not even Mm. the music. And it's like, all right, sorry, man. Anyhow. Mike says, I think I may have identified a weakness in our program. The media guides. I mean, what's up with all these announcers? I had no idea it was pronounced Tate Roadmaker. So uh, another victim yeah. of the uh, pronunciation guide apparently here. So, uh, But he does say that he's trying to place his first vitamin energy order. Too many choices. Which shots do you each prefer and what flavors? So Seminole Mike 1 knows about vitaminenergy.com. Hopefully he knows the promo code WordChamp BOGO. So maybe he'll pick mine and then get yours for free. Or he'll pick yours and get mine for free, Corey. But they all have 260 milligrams of caffeine, so they're all pretty much on the same level plane. The Workout Plus apparently has some vitamins that have been uh, shown in research to possibly burn fat and then create more energy. So maybe there's a little bit more buzz, a little more humming going on when you hit the Workout Plus. But, man, for me, like the Immune Plus just tastes the best, and it just I take a half a shot of it, and that's like the nice one. Uh, And then mood. But, you know, if you got like, you know, a great family – 
right. smoking hot spouse, well-behaved mm. kids. You probably don't need the focus. You don't need the mood plus. You're already right. in a good mood, so maybe try the focus. So I'd go like immune, mood, and focus. Those are like my maybe my, my power three. Corey, what would you say? Workout Plus is the one uh, that I use the most, although I should try Mood, I think. I think Brady would like it if I tried the Mood one. I haven't even tried the Mood one, honestly. I'll do it. Um, I do the Workout Plus um, because, you know, I'm a workout workoutaholic mm. is what you'd call me. Um, so, yeah, I do that one the most. But, yeah, I, maybe I'll try the Mood. What flavor is the Mood? I think it's one of the acai-flavored ones, if I'm mm. not mistaken. Oh, yeah, I've had oh, no, that. Tropical Berry. Go, no, it's Tropical Berry. I apologize. Okay. Tropical Berry. Tropical okay. Berry. I'll try that one. See what happens. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. Somebody with the maybe. F- it, go ahead. Because I'm usually in a good mood. Yeah. It won't flip me into a monster, will it? No, 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 no. It no. just that's the thing. It's mood, but it should be good mood. Okay. Because you know what I mean. Positive like, vibes. A, yeah, there's positive. a whole. There's a lot of different moods you can be in. You right. want to make sure people understand it's a good mood you're shooting for. Yeah. Uh, apparently, somebody with the program uh, was asking me at practice yesterday. Is like, hey, what's this vitamin energy stuff about? Can you give me some? I'm like, absolutely. Mm. So we're spreading it far and wide, even within the the, the hallowed halls. Was that uh, Keon Coleman? I'm not revealing names, Corey. You know okay. I mean? my All sources. Right. Okay, All I right. keep them. I keep them safe. Head to vitaminergy.com. Use that promo code WordChant Bogo B O G O to buy one to get one free. Vitaminergy, shake it and take it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Corey, let's get to these weather-related questions. Drayman, wake up, Aslan and Corey. This is my first time leaving a message for the Renegade Express. I'm from Greenwood, South Carolina. Famous people include Josh Norman, J.D. Swearinger, Robert Brooks. I haven't heard of those two guys. I heard of Josh Norman. John Gellum, haven't heard of him. But then I know Hootie Johnson and Billy Payne. Those are masters Augusta National folk, if I'm not mistaken. My question is, looking at the first two games, do we see Trey Benson getting over 1,000 rushing yards a season? That running back room is even more balanced than last year. Thank you, and go Knowles. Hmm. I don't know. Let me see. Do you know where he's at right now, Corey? I'll, I'll, I'll look it up here. As quick he's as got to have – so he had 80 the other night. 126. Say, yeah, he's just going to say he's at 130 or so. Yeah, look, he's going to have some big games, I think. He, had, he wasn't needed against Southern Miss. And if they're playing 14 games a year – or 14 games this year, maybe 15. I mean, what is that, 70 yards a game? Hmm. Right? Sounds 14, right? 70 right. times 14 is 980. So you're it's a little over 70 yards per game. So, you know, 1,000, if you're if you're playing 14 or 15 games, 1,000 isn't what it used to be during the Sammy Smith days. But, yeah, I think he's still on pace. I, I don't think he's been great these first two weeks. I'd like him. His best run by far, to me, was that fourth and one run where he just hit the hole as hard as he possibly could, and then shot through there for the touchdown. Um, I'd like to see a little more of that um, instead of the the kind of a little too patient, a little too tiptoey for me. Uh, but he'll find he'll find. I I believe he will find his rhythm um, like he did last year. And the thing is, if he doesn't, buddy, he's got dudes behind him that can play. Mm. So they are not going to just ride Trey. If Trey Benson's struggling at Clemson. And he's got 11 carries for 21 yards. They are not going to just keep feeding him when they got 29, 26, and nine out there with them. Like they'll, they'll, they got other options. That's why competition is so valuable. 
If you don't play well, you will not play. So that's what, you know, again, same with Johnny. If Johnny keeps dropping passes, well, Darian Williamson and Deuce Span are real players now, and Hakeem's coming. So yep. you, you, you've you got to play or you're not – you've got to play well or you're not going to play. So I, I do think – I still think he'll get to 1,000 yards, though. Do you think he'll get to 1,000 before December, like in 12 games? So that means he would have to average about 80, 88 games, 88 yards the next 10 games. No. Okay. I don't. Moving along, next question here on the uh, Rennie Express. Noel Boyo, two, wake up with the weather reports for Saturday seemingly leading to a run-heavy attack. Who do you think will be the leading non-Benson rusher? I've got to go with one of my favorite players on the team, Lawrence Toafili. Who do you all think? You go first. Uh, I mean, right now, Kaziah is the second leading rusher, averaging 15.8 yards per clip. Take yeah. that, everybody. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess Lawrence, because if it is wet, maybe you trust him a little bit more, a little bit older. He's been doing this a little bit longer, maybe some better ball security. I think it – I do want to say Kaziah, but I'll go with Lawrence, and then I think Kaziah, then Rodney. I'll, I'll go in that order. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. Probably not, but that's that's how I kind of see it. I mean, I will say this. I know it was late in the game, but if Kaziah keeps hitting holes like that and mm-hmm. hitting big plays, he's going to get more and more carries as the season goes on. Um, but also – Man, I really like the way Rodney Hills played early. I know he's only got, I don't even know, seven carries. Uh, but I really Ten. like how i like how hard he's running. Yeah. I like what kind of player he's been so far. Just like we liked him last year, all season. He didn't get to play much, but even in practice, he just ran so hard. And he's fast. Um, both those guys are, uh, are good players. And then Toa Feely is just the always other dude. But, man, shout out to that guy. He even had a couple big plays against Southern Miss. It's just what he does. He's like the quiet assassin. (laughs) He just makes plays. He's the forgotten guy. He's Rodney Dangerfield. He's Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah, right. But he's he's like he's the forgotten guy that always shows up and makes plays. He caught the pass on the fourth down where Jordan scrambled everywhere. Mm -hmm. He had another big run in that game, just like he had a big play against LSU. It's just that dude – Makes plays when it matters. And shout out to him because he's a good college football player. Our guy, Island Chief, two-part question. First, Holy Cross rushed for 284 against Boston College. And with Hurricane Lee off the coast, should we even travel with more than two wideouts? Um, a little bit funny there. Uh, let's go as his original question here, which is, uh, wake up in regards to our back-to-back noon games. I'm thinking that the ACC and Disney want to take away our argument about viewership. I have a jaundiced view of the ACC, though. 31 years of watching them officiate our games will do that. Uh, Question, our two toughest conference road games come on the second week of back-to-back road games. Is that a coincidence? Say the first – what was the last question? Our two toughest conference road games Mm -hmm. come on the second week of back-to-back road games. Is that a coincidence? What's the other tough road game? I mean Pitt, but is that is there a road game before Pitt? I feel like they're in Wake? Tallahassee. Maybe that's Wake. Uh, possibly, yeah. Let me see if I can navigate there. That's got to be it because they don't. That's the only other road game they have in the ACC. Um, so it's got to be Wake. They've got uh, Wake on October twenty eighth, and then after yeah, then that Pitt. is Pitt on the fourth. Yeah. I will huh. say this about huh. all right. Okay. Okay. I will say this about FSU Clemson. And look, man, it's at Wake and at Pitt. It's not at the Cowboys and at Alabama. You know, it's that's not an incredible gauntlet, just like Boston College Clemson. Really, I mean, you got to play Clemson at some point. 
Um, so I, you know, at Boston College should not be uh, thought of as like a, a middle finger from the ACC. Uh, but I, I will say this when it comes to the, the noon game is, man, Colorado, Nebraska got a huge number. Hmm. And that was a noon game. It, it oh, I think uh, Alabama and Texas beat it by like 200,000 viewers. It was like 8.81 to 8 point whatever, 6 for, for the viewers in that game right. on Saturday. So you can get a big crowd on a noon game. And if they would have put it at 8, it goes up against Ohio State, Notre Dame. And if they put it up at 3.30, it goes up against Colorado, Oregon. And Colorado is a ratings giant right now. So the fact that it's a noon kind of standalone game actually should help them when it comes to viewership, hmm. in my opinion. I, it's going to be the only game. I mean, it's a top three team. Clemson, will, I would assume, will be, if they win this week, might sneak into, like, be 24th or something. But it's FSU-Clemson. And if it's, it's FSU in a tough environment with people trying to see if they're for real or how for real they are, or maybe they're tuning in to see how bad Clemson is. Whatever the case is, I think people will tune in uh, to that game because the other big games of the day are later on. So it might have its own window where it can get a huge number for a noon game. So I think I get the I get the question, but I do think that a noon FSU Clemson game in the current context of Clemson not being ranked will draw more than an 8 p.m. FSU Clemson game when Notre Dame and Ohio State are playing at the same time. Hmm. Jamaica Knoll. Not from Jamaica. Justin from San Diego here. Been a while. Maybe it's Jamaican, though, but it's just in San Diego. Explain yourself, Jamaica Knoll. We will be seven. Wow. Strong. Seven of the 20,000 in the stands this weekend in Boston that Corey projected. Hmm. 20,000 overall right. or 20,000 Knolls? Probably overall, right? Overall. Especially if it's bad weather. That that, that that fan base ain't coming out in bad weather. Uh, all right, might be a little bit less of that storm headed this way. What's y'all's favorite weather game you can remember being at? For me, Jamaica, Noel. It's a tie between the 2005 Miami game when they dropped the field goal snap to break the streak or the 2010 monsoon Miami beatdown. Go Knowles and beat Boston, rain or shine. Did it rain in 05? I don't remember it raining in 05. I didn't either. I, it must have. <clears throat> uh, but, but yeah, but I don't remember. I don't remember that being like a, a really like a down. It might have had a downpour in it, but I don't remember yeah. it being a crazy. And that didn't lead to the muff. I mean, that muff that was just pure ineptitude yeah. on Miami's part. Uh, I can tell you what my least favorite weather game is: be two thousand three Miami. Yeah, that uh, that rained the whole day. Yeah, and it wasn't like a deluge. It was just a constant rain. And it was kind of cold for Florida yes, standards it was. too. It was. Yep. It was. Well, I remember it, man. It was awful. It was uh, awful. And I guess, Sean Taylor. Yeah. Uh, uh, Roscoe Parrish, though. We got Roscoe Parrish, so Stanford Sanders got right. Roscoe Parrish. That's right. Um, I think the rain stopped by the time the game started, but it was a miserable morning in Jacksonville uh, for Bowden's farewell game, yeah. that bowl game. Yeah. So I don't know if it that, did stop, and it was sunny at the end. Okay. I don't know if that counts. But that'll be my that'll be my pick for weather game, if you will. Because yeah. otherwise, it's like Notre Dame 2018. It was so cold and miserable. I don't have a lot of – good memory weather games I can think of when it comes to Florida State. Well, and look, man, I, I'm not going to – I don't like playing this card, but for the last 15 years I've been in a press box. Hmm. So I don't get – I don't – I don't. the weather doesn't affect me, so I don't I don't remember it as much. But as a fan, going to games with my dad, um, Lord, let's see. I, I do remember that 2010 game, though, because the parking lot at Miami after the game was a was a one big lake. Yeah, and I had to be driven. Bob Thomas, 
um, who now works for Florida State, but he was at the Jacksonville Times Union uh, at the time. He drove me to my car because I couldn't walk to it because the puddle was so big. I I stood outside his car, like with the door open. He drove to, to my car. And then I opened my door and then leapt from my car to, you know, you know what I mean? With one foot in my car and one foot in his car, because it was like six inches deep. It was nuts. So I do remember that one. And then look in the eighties, they'd play those Saturday nights. And, you know, I remember a Florida game in 86, which was an absolute monsoon. Um, but they lost that game. So a weather, yeah, I'm trying. I'll, I'll come back to it. Was, G- there a game a against L- was there a game against LSU that was bad weather, the Florida 91, State? In 91 there in Baton Rouge. It was the same day that Kirby Puckett hit the walk-off against the Braves in the World Series off Charlie Liebrandt. Brandon Liebrandt's dad. Sorry. Yeah, bad Sorry. memories. But, yeah, Florida. it's when Florida State was number one in the country and they had to come back and beat LSU in the fourth quarter. A whole team got hurt. Yeah, that's a good one. That is that is a good one. That was a good memory with my dad. It's just it was, it was uh, sullied. By being in the van watching the Walkman as Kirby Puckett hit the walk-off home run. And I'll think of another one as we go. Okay. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Let's go to our guy, uh, Mark M. Adam CZ. Wake up. I'm headed to the box. I got one. Got one. Nailed Already it. remembered it. Right, 1998 it. against USC. Okay. There was a hurricane. I want to say it was like Hurricane Georges. It was spelled George, but with an S. George. <laughs> George. Like, who knows what these names. But it... it like the 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 tip of it, the very edge of it, like rolled through right at halftime. But it wasn't it, like it was one of those where like the tents on the on the where the Champions Club is now that wasn't there obviously. But the tents would fall over, and I just remember it was a deluge for like ten minutes, and it was right at halftime when the band the the drummers would go to the student section and start just the drum drum line would go to the student section. And that just so happened to happen right as this storm went through. So all the students are there going nuts, getting soaking wet. The drummers are playing in this monsoon. And it was just a, a pretty uh, surreal scene. So I'll always remember that one. No lightning and USC delay. was terrible. No lightning delay, huh? How about that? Huh? How about that? And we all survived. I'm looking at the storm track. This thing barrel through the Caribbean, I mean, over the Dominican Republic and Haiti and, and Cuba. Looks like it landed a little bit east, like the eastern part of Louisiana, but then it made a complete right turn uh, through the panhandle of Florida. It's it's a crazy-looking What path. year? Does it say what 1998, year? 1998, Corey I Clark. nailed it. Come on. What what <laughs> what uh, month? Uh, Early, right? Here. It had to be September because it was a USC. It was a non-conference game. It was formed on September 15th. It dissipated yeah. October 1st. Yeah, it was a big one, and it like it just hit right there in that one little pocket for like 15 minutes, uh, and it was in it was insanity. But it was it was a it was a scene I'll never forget. All right, uh, you almost forgot it though because you didn't say it as your You're first right. answer. That's good to point. The... Good point. <laughs> Let's go to Mark again. Uh, M. Adam Cz down there in Naples. Wake up. Headed to the Boston College game with my son. We were sitting first row, right behind the FSU bench, which should be a blast. Looks to be a sleepy nooner. But it's a good opportunity to clean some things up with Clemson looming. Mm. Um, he asked if I'm going to Boston or if it's an IRA joint only. It is a it is an IRA solo joint. Right. Uh, and this also kind of dovetails with our guy, Noel for Life, class of 2007. He's pumped about how the team has performed and starting to feel 2013 vibes. With that said, we've left points on the field in both games. There's bad weather. Uh, could be a sloppy one. The question is, what do you all want to see from the offense to show progress and fixing some of the miscues that we have seen, Mark as well says, what would be your priorities at Boston College in terms of cleaning things up? 
He says fewer drop passes would be a start. Well, yeah, and also that's not just 14 either. Uh, Jaheim Bell dropped the very first pass of the game on Saturday night, and it didn't end up counting as a drop because Southern Miss was offsides. But that's like a 20- or 25-yard play. Mm. Who knows with the way he can run. Maybe he turns it into a touchdown. And that's his second pretty bad drop. Uh, he's another guy I want to see just kind of turn it on a little bit more. But again, I'm not going to I'm not going to complain too much about a, an offense that's averaging 55 and a half points per game through two games. That said, I want to see Trey run hard from start to finish. Mm. And I want to see the running game be better in the first half. Like I know they're going to over they they should. I shouldn't say I know. By the third and fourth quarter, the way this team plays and as good as it is, and as many weapons as it has, I think they will eventually wear down and overwhelm Boston College's defense and do whatever they want. But early on, when they're fired up and, and, try, and firing off the ball and playing hard, I want to see if you can still push them out of the way and dial up a run game that, gets, that, is, that is better in the first half than it's been so far this season. Yeah, I'd like to see that first scripted drive just go as scripted, right? Just bang, bang, bang. You know, hopefully they... You know, start deep, too. Like, we don't necessarily need to start at midfield. I mean, it wouldn't hurt, obviously, but I'd like to see them march, like, 75 yards, just two and a half minutes, bangity, bangity, bang. And okay. I, I want to see I want to see Jared Verse just absolutely annihilate Thomas Castellanos, but that might be a tough ass because he's quite mobile. But yeah, I want to see – and I know, you know, Mike Norvell, tell me he listened to Wake Up Orchant without telling me he listened to Wake Up Orchant, was talking about Jared Verse after practice on – Tuesday saying that he thought he had, you know, good game against LSU, but a, a better game against Southern Miss, and he's doing a lot of good things that are helping the defense as a whole, which I don't disagree with, but, like, I I, I need to see, like, that, you know, that Jared Verse screaming off the edge. No one is just – they're totally overwhelmed by his speed and size, and he just gets to the quarterback and gets some TFLs. So, I'd like to see one of those. All right, all That's right. That's my thing. Um, naked underscore Noel. We'll roll this into our uh, uh, our our speak. I was going to say our read when it comes to mybookie.ag. The spread for Clemson this week at home versus FAU is minus twenty four. FAU plus eleven hundred outright. Who you got? Um, those are accurate. I was thinking about that. It's actually a little bit a uh, little bit less over at my bookie right now. It's plus nine eighty for FAU. And I was like, yeah, maybe Tom Herman might mess around going there and. and pull something crazy out but they've played Monmouth and they won that one and they lost to Ohio so how bad did they lose to Ohio yeah 17 to 10 well, they only scored 10 points on Ohio yeah yeah they're not beating Clemson they won't but maybe they'll cover uh, but maybe I, but I, I mean money line. even if Clemson doesn't play well offensively against FAU they're going to be in the, early, the the low or the mid 30s I think um, because their running backs are just so good and uh so, I, yeah, I don't – yeah, yeah, that's not a bad number. You could see like a, a 34 to 10 yeah. kind of game. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe 40 to 17, something in there. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I think Clemson covers. Okay. All right. MyBookie.ag, use that promo code WARCHANT for an instant cash deposit bonus. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere over at MyBookie.ag. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Naked Knoll also asks, Corey, what would the spread be for a hypothetical Florida State versus FAU at the Wake Up Sportsbook? Right in now. In Doak. In Doak, yeah. What was the what was 34, the US, yeah, with 34 the U, 35. Whatever the USM line was, maybe with a, an added point. I, I was going to say, do you, I think they're similar teams, right? USM and, and FAU. Yeah, but USM's got a little bit more established, obviously, with their their coach being there a little bit longer. It, but also, so if they play, obviously, if they played Southern Miss again this week, or Troy, name it, somebody from the Sun Belt, um, they the the point spread instead of being thirty one, the it, it's going to keep the the bookies don't like losing money, so they're going to keep pushing the the point spread up. So I would think if they could do Southern Miss all over again, I think they make it thirty eight. And so I think that's where you look at FAU thinking, okay, Florida State was up 28 on LSU with a minute and a half to go. They were up – they beat Southern Miss by 53. Yeah, we can't make this another low 30s game because they can do this in their sleep. So I think that's why you make it mid to high 30s with the, with FAU. I, that, it, don't you think? I mean, do you realize you just said that Florida State won a game by 53 points? Yeah, yeah. yeah and maybe. was – was sporadic, <laughs> a little bit choppy on offense, and they won by 53 points. Uh, let's transition to this one. Random underscore John. Good morning, Aslan and Corey. I've heard several people on the beat. I mean, I don't know who else you're listening to. I'm kind of hurt. Yeah, that's what. come on, random. Heard several other people on the beat talk about how FSU needs to be better on offense. To what do you attribute our offensive sloppiness you know, things like underthrows, drops, inability to impose our running will on the other team as we have done in the past. What say you? Tell us what you have seen in practice that makes our offense suck at the beginning of games. I mean, they've scored on their first drives in each of the first two games. Uh, you know, they had 31 at halftime the other night. Um, look, I, I think a little bit of the LSU game was nerves. Your quarterback just didn't play that well in the first half. I thought Jordan was fine in the second half. I think not that we take PFF clearly. If you listen to this, you know we don't take that um, all that seriously. But he graded out like the highest on the team, and he was one of the highest graded quarterbacks in the country this past weekend. Jordan was because I think he made the right decision almost every time. It's just his receivers didn't help him out. Um, but you know, look, I, I think part of it is we get lost. You know, why was Colorado sloppy? You know, they, they, they won a big game, but their offense didn't do – and I know Nebraska's got a better defense than Southern Miss, but Colorado did jack squat in the first half offensively, and they got weapons. 
Alabama's got weapons. Georgia was Georgia didn't score a uh, an offensive touchdown, an offensive point until somewhat time in the second quarter uh, against Ball State. So you we you got I think we have to look around the country. We sometimes get stuck in like a vacuum or a silo and we're just solely focusing on this team and not understanding that offenses do make mistakes. Uh, they are college offenses that you they, they're just did not you're not going to score every drive and not every play is all are all 11 guys going to make the right decision or make a good play sometimes you get beat um I get I, I don't think I would call Florida State sloppy except for the drops. at the beginning of games either yeah well I definitely wouldn't say that but uh you know they got to get better they got to get better catching the ball but I think they will um you know Johnny's got I don't know how many official drops he's got. But he had two for sure against LSU, and I would say three of the four balls that were thrown his way on Saturday night, he usually catches. Well, if he catches those three balls, there's no sloppiness. Hmm. You, you would have scored on those drives. Um, you wouldn't have been on a – you had to go for it on fourth down so much. So, I don't know, man. I, I just think it's early in the season. Uh, I do think that this offense is – I don't know how you could describe it other than being really, really good, even through two games. Um they are better in the second half, but I think that lends itself, as, as Halfley said, the Boston College coach, when we listened to him on uh, yesterday's show, they, they kind of they, they, they wear you down a little bit. They have so much depth that they can wear you down. And by this third and fourth quarter, most teams just don't have answers for this anymore. And they, they impose their will and they take over games. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd, I'd, I don't know. I just don't know if I would term them as sloppy. No. But they have not been perfect. Right. Clearly, they have not been perfect. But I mean, who is? I, I know. I mean, we're going to start comparing them probably more to 2013 as the weeks go on. I, I still don't like it, but I understand it. I get it. Um, but we're acting like Case and Beatty never punted. You know, like Case and Beatty punted. Uh, that team. Not punted. a lot. Not a not lot. Not a lot. But it did. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, there's a certain level of expectation. That's but I also get it, right? Because but... I, I get why there could be some angst only because you know what's coming in two weeks. And you can't go and fiddle fart around for three or four drives at Clemson. I think you could. I don't want not, to, but. I just, I mean, it, you could go into Clemson, and if your offense plays well early and scores, let's say, 17 points on its first three or four drives, that team might shut down. Hmm. But if you've only scored three points on four drives, or you've only got ten points at halftime, and it's ten to seven or fourteen to ten or whatever, and it's a game, well, now you're in a real, real dogfight. So you do want to see them start. You, you don't want to see them start better because they started fine. They've scored on each of their first two opening drives. Those next two or three drives, I get that. Be better. Be better than that. Make sure and just execute. I do want to see that this weekend. Uh, again, the conditions will impact that, I'm sure. But I would like to see a little bit better execution on the, the second through fourth drives of the game. And then maybe that carries over into Clemson. Because if you if you don't beat yourself, like, would you say, did LSU stop Florida State at all? Maybe the I'm trying to think of a drive where they, like, straight up just played good defense and stopped Florida State. Well, they got it. They picked off Jordan once, didn't they? Yeah, but that was a crazy decision on his part on first down. Well, they, they rattled. No, him. I guess that count. But you know what that. I mean? Like, we're, I would, I would call that a self-inflicted wound. Like they defended the play well, 
but your senior quarterback should know better than to throw that pass. I mean, but so it wasn't an unforced. 14th. It wasn't an unforced error. I mean, or maybe you think it was an unforced. I, I think it was an unforced. It was okay. certainly an unforced throw. Like you didn't have to throw that ball. He was yeah. he was covered. Don't throw that ball. Yeah, but was so, he pressured though? I mean, he would have he would have had to go down and take a four yard loss. Okay. So, but he could have. That's okay to do. Yeah. Um, and then Southern Miss. You know, Southern Miss ripped a couple of balls out of receivers' hands. Like, they, they, they made some plays on the back end of the secondary. But I would say through the first two games, you know, they scored the, – the starting the, – the, the guys that matter scored scored on 9 of 11 possessions against Southern Miss. And they scored on their last six possessions against LSU. So, you're talking about an offense that has scored on 15 of its last 17 possessions. I don't – I don't know what else – there's not much more you can want from that. But also at the same time, I get I, – like I said, I get it to an extent because of those two possessions they didn't score, they were they both felt like Florida State was at fault. A drop, uh, an underthrow of Keon on fourth down. Um, and then I don't even remember what the, the next time was they didn't score. I guess there were two times they didn't score uh, against Southern Miss because Mastromano punted. But, yeah, so you, you always feel like there's self-inflicted wounds. It's not like they're just getting overwhelmed by a defense. So just take care of this. Make them stop you. If you don't stop yourselves against Boston College, if you just execute and play how you should execute, they shouldn't get more than one or two stops. And if they only get one or two stops, you're going to score 40-something points and win by 30. Hmm. So I, I get it, I guess. I get the a little bit of the angst. I, just, I don't know if a team that scored 15 of 17 drives – uh, is sloppy, especially when you look around the country. Florida State currently fourth in the nation in scoring offense at 55.5 points per game, 11th in yards at 524. Who's ahead of them in points? Um, USC? Oregon, Southern Cal, and, and watch out for Syracuse. Okay. Okay, Garrett Schrader. Yeah. I see you, dog. All right. Yeah. Dino Babers must have got a pretty nice NIL <laughs> since you talked to him. <laughs> Uh, all right, two more. Here's a good theory. Uh, Noel Tiggity, 11. Take vitamin energy and wake up, fellas. Johnny was not the only receiver who had trouble catching the ball early. Is there any chance the new lighting affected them? Had they practiced in doke under the lights since those LEDs were put in? I noticed some that might sound a little bit silly, but as an old receiver myself, I know lighting can make a difference in how well you pick up the ball. Now, we were there for that one of those last practices before the LSU game where they, they did yeah. practice inside of Doak and those LEDs. I don't know if they did last week, though, on Thursday or Friday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to your point, like, you know, Jaheim had trouble tracking a ball, so maybe there is something possibly to that. I mean, it certainly is. I guess I, I would say, though, when it came to Johnny, though, I don't think he had trouble tracking the ball. He had trouble holding on to it as, as, after he hit the ground. So I don't think that would have that that would be a, the lights would play a factor there. I mean, I get it. It's a good question to ask. Uh, we didn't ask anyone about it, um, so we could. I mean, Keon, it's even hard to ask because it's his first time. He didn't he didn't play in here last year, right. so he wouldn't have known what the lights were before that. Um, but yeah, hey, look, you know what? If they go up to Boston and draw and catch everything in the in the sunshine with no lights to worry about, then may, maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the answer. Uh, and last one, it's our guy, Old Dadzanol. Wake up. How is it that we score 66 and the reserves of the reserves played as much as they did, and yet I almost feel like it was kind of sloppy and less than dominant play? Football is sure a strange game sometimes. Cheers, Old Dad. Uh, probably Amen. should bundle that towards the end of it. I, I think a lot of it is 
how do as it all happens the defense, man, the, the defense absolutely stifled. Uh, yeah, you kept USF. getting the ball back in really good shape, yeah. really quickly, and you kept going for it on fourth down too. Yeah. So like you, you refused to give the ball back to the other team, and you you found ways to score. But it is crazy again to think about that you scored that many points, and there were a lot of things that you could. You're nowhere near optimal on running the football right now. You're nowhere near optimal on catching the football, yet that happened. Um, I just kind of kind of maybe tip the cap to the defense, really, mostly. Well, also, I would say, you know, look, I, we celebrate Jordan Travis on this show. I know you guys celebrate him as a fan base, um, but you almost take for granted that those two fourth down conversions he had back-to-back, uh, roll, you know, roll, scrambling around for 35 seconds, that's stuff that, that, that is a sloppy play that was not executed well, except you just have that dude at quarterback. Mm. So I get that was another play that you could say, yeah, that was kind of that that wasn't it. What it, those fourth down plays didn't look a lot like the one against LSU where Toa Feely's wide open. You know, those were more of just Jordan go make some magic because they defended this well, or we didn't we didn't execute this play well. Nobody's open, so go run around and make some magic. So you have that. I mean, you still scored on that drive. It's still awesome. It's still cool to see. You still scored on Keon jumping over the guy. But yeah, I you know I get that. You know you weren't good on third down. Uh, you had the drops, some ugly drops, and it just it felt a little bit off schedule. The whole game felt a little bit off schedule. And then again, leave the 66 out of it. The first half, you felt like you didn't play well offensively. You left a lot of plays out there. Your quarterback threw 14 incompletions and a half. Hmm. And yet you had 31 points in a half. So, you know, you, you can't do a whole lot better than that. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't mean they can't, they, they can make it, they can be a little, they can be more efficient. They can get the running game going quicker. All that I understand. I just, and, and so the point being, if they struggle again, I don't say struggle, if they, Look sloppy at times again this first half against Boston College. You didn't think they look sloppy though, Corey. Don't you? No, no, that that's word. why I said I, I I covered myself. They but they had sloppy plays and they dropped the ball and they made it harder on themselves than it needed to be. Okay, that's all. That's all I should say. They made it harder on themselves than they needed to be. But they're so good it didn't matter. Well, there will be a part in this season. Well, they're they're not them being good will it won't matter. They'll have to execute at a higher level than they did starting out that game. At the same time, they beat the brakes off a team after a short after a short week, hearing about how good they were off the biggest wins any biggest win any of them had ever had in their lives as college football players. They come out the next week, quote unquote, struggle, and scored 31 points in the first half, and the defense was dominating. So I still like still like the bones of this team, and this <laughs> offense again, as we've talked about since it happened. It's just scary that you you that they're not reaching their ceiling yet, and I truly believe that they have not peaked yet, no, no. and they still are doing what they're doing. That is scary, scary stuff because literally every offense in the country, save for USC, would kill to have numbers like this and production like this against two bowl teams. And uh, and yeah, that Florida State still hasn't quite reached uh, its zenith. Houston, right? So I, I remember one of the, the things is I think Bolo we have to show up in Houston and Bolo ties for the national title game. Okay, is that I, something we promised to do? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I haven't bought my Bolo tie yet, but I'll probably start shopping for my Bolo tie soon. I feel like there's a promise I made for headlines maybe about if they were 
Okay. But I can't remember what it was, so hopefully somebody will remind me or find me the clip because I don't write these things down. Right. right. Um, and people will convince, try to convince me that, oh, you said you would, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, put your uh, eat dog poop. Whoa, whoa. Well, who knows, man? Dog Some food. Like How about me. dog food? Dog okay. food. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, there's no way I said that. Yeah. And then I'll feel like I'm uh, welching on a bet <laughs> if I don't. So, yeah, hopefully there's there's uh, there's video of me so I can actually see myself saying these things. Clark's because their debt. there is a good chance, Aslan, they will be 4-0. I, you know, I, I was thinking about it the other day, just the, the hesitancy in saying that, like, hey, man, don't be greedy. Just be 3-1 and one and you're, you still control your destiny fully and, and making it to the playoff. And now it's like, man, if they are not 4-0, I will be so upset. And I, I'm not going to rage and say, like, people need to get – fire anything but i'll just be i'll be hurt man i'll be like why did you how how did you especially lose yeah. because clemson man at some point you've got to beat them again right and it would be right. nice to beat them in their own stadium yeah go do it man it's been a decade yeah. go pay homage to that great 13 team nick o'leary's on your staff yeah odell's here yeah. still go pay homage to that team and go win that game yeah. and uh but hey you know what the, the last road game before Clemson that that 13 team played was at Boston College. Now, they had Maryland in between, as we all remember, right. the problematic ter- Terps. But uh, it was at Boston College, then home Maryland, then at Clemson. So yeah. similar kind of schedule. I know. I love it. It's all coming together. All right, we got a couple more questions left. We'll get to them on tomorrow's show. We hope to have an interview uh, with a Hall of Famer. So mm-hmm. come a, back. A Florida State Hall of Famer. I mean, he's that's 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 – just as important as Cooperstown or Canton to me. No, I know, but I just wanted to distinguish that. Uh, but although he maybe he is Canton one day, great career this guy had. Hmm. All right, look at these yeah. teases that we're laying for you folks. Uh, Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 o'clock. We'll be out at practice, interviews, footage, uh, observations, maybe observations, uh, all over on wordchant.com, the ultimate symbol sports source. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Stay connected to us. We got you covered, everybody. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Board Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.